0: You got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But, you? but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it, we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We've talked about this. People relate to this. what's up everybody i have got the uh great jordan jonas on the podcast winner of alone uh new owner of a outfitting business and uh just an overall good dude uh dude you've got all kinds of stuff going on
1: yeah man it's been busy good to chat again it's been a been a few years huh
0: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it's been a while uh since i've had you on um you've had all kinds podcast, of anyway, yeah 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 on the podcast um You've been a busy man though. How, how, how has it been going since, uh, since well, starving to death on a loan? (laughs)
1: Well, it's been great. That, that kind of, uh, well, that was a pretty, it's been a, it's been a pretty chaotic few years. I guess it it allowed me to transition into doing work that I've liked a lot more (laughs) guiding people up in the wilderness on, you know, survival trips and now doing some hunts and, uh, but yeah, it kind of blew up more than I expected. It keeps rolling. So uh, things are, things are active around here.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet. So you, um, you teach survival classes, uh, still, but you also bought a, an outfitting business recently too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, right. So, uh, I've been doing the survival courses for several years now, but Uh, I was working through another outfitter in order to work on their land. And uh, uh, make a long story short, uh, I I could see that that the writing was on the wall with that situation. So I looked for the kind of the coolest land around and reached out to the outfitter that, that owned it and asked if they wanted to work together and they were real cool and agreed to. But then not long after that, they actually let me know that they were going to sell. So <laughs> it was a pretty unique opportunity to get the land that I'd kind of hand picked to run these uh, summer courses out of. So that worked out really awesome. And yeah, I've been just running different types of courses up there. And uh, this year, we're going to just start getting into some doing, you know, hunting, and I've been booking out a- few mountain lion hunts here for January. And yeah, <laughs> so that's cool. It's cool. It's such awesome land. There's places up there that people haven't been to for years. So it's uh, pretty remote and pretty fun to explore.
0: No, oh, I, I bet. Well, yeah. when you like, obviously for anybody that wants to listen to the first episode, I'll make sure my it guy posts up the, the link to that. But, you know, for, for people that haven't followed along with you, um, you know, people and people have asked me this question with the whole um, you know, like who's my my crew when the world ends uh type of thing. And you know, I always have to explain <laughs> there's, there's different people that you choose for different, you know, reasons and some of that crew, as you know, it, it doesn't matter what skill set a person has or or what um abilities they have if they're not just in general, good to deal with or easy to deal with or whatever. So oh, man, you, you, you win the award for all that you're on, you're on the crew. And I'm like, look, I gotta be honest in, in, in good weather, I could probably give Jordan a run for his money and cold weather. I'll make it like three days. Like I can't, I can't do it. Uh, and people have asked, are you going to get on a loan? And I'm like, no, not if it's cold. I hate being cold. And you, you, you were literally like born. Yourself short. Ah, dude, I hate being cold, but you—you you literally are are the very skilled at many many different things. Where did that? I mean, I know you basically lived like a, a hobo for a while. Where'd that come? From? Like, tell everybody how you got to where you're at, being able to literally survive a nuclear bomb.
1: Well, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I grew up kind of a typical story for the area, but you know, grew up on a farm in North Idaho and working jobs around as a teenager, and then, uh like you said, my randomly my brother had hopped on a freight train at some point Mm -hmm. (laughs) and rode that thing around the country. And, and he loved it. He just loved the freedom and ended up, you know, he just became literally a hobo and traveled the country and would stop and do temporary work when he needed money and, and just traveled for, you know, the better part of eight years. Well, then at one point when I was about 19, he invited me to join him. And, uh, that was a pretty eye-opening experience because it was that first taste of, you know, freedom that you get when you're like really living in the wilderness and you have no schedule. Your only concern is what am I going to eat later? And, (laughs) And so that kind of put me in a different mindset. And then what I think, you know, I don't remember if we talked about this before, but I had, uh, ended up going over to Russia to help build this orphanage with, with the guy over there. And, uh, I was in central Siberia, real remote, you know, cold environment. And, um, I lived with a Russian family over there and the guy that I lived with had, uh, you know, the, the family I lived with, it was just a little Siberian village and we'd milk the cow and cut hay with size and you know, feed the mosquitoes in the summer. But then, uh, uh, one of the guys that he had been in prison with, cause he'd been in prison as most of the guys over there <laughs> uh was, uh, Uh, fur trapper kind of like that happy people documentary if you've ever seen that and uh so that guy came down one day to sell furs and invited me to go live with him and uh i lived with them spent a season fur trapping and then another year up there just kind of living in the on his land and building his cabins and stuff and then I earned his trust, and so he took me out and introduced me to a bunch of these native nomadic reindeer herding people that were all his cousins. He was a half-native guy, and uh, he drove me out on a snowmobile, he rode a helicopter to some remote village that didn't have any roads to it, and then got on a snowmobile, headed out into the wilderness and, you know, 30 kilometers out, came across some teepee, and he dropped me off there. He was like, hey, Andre, this is Jordan, he's cool, Jordan, this is Andre, he's cool. Get to know each other, and he basically dropped me off and left. And I lived with those natives for, you know, the next few years. I'd I'd go, uh, I'd live until my visa ran out, come back to the states, earn a little more money, and then head back and spend another year with them. So, I think that's honestly probably where, you know, that what set my skill set apart or whatever <laughs> kind of uniquely. Prepared me for some random situation, like alone, I never saw that coming, but this <laughs> is perfect
0: training, yeah, I was just gonna say it set you up for success, so that's good
1: oh yeah i I mean, there are many times over there, I thought, man, I should be like getting an education or setting up my future somehow, or I'm here I am living in the woods, but <laughs> would have never pictured getting on some show like that, so yeah. <laughs> worked out great i definitely you know up on the show it was kind of a similar environment to siberia and after you know i felt kind of right at home it felt pretty normal
0: (laughs) you know with with that um try to phrase this correctly but but when you are um you know obviously i get to travel you know, I say obviously, but I get to travel to different areas quite a bit too, and too cool stuff. And you know, it's—I mm-hmm. think—I mean, it's not. Uh, there's a few things that people have to worry about, and I'll get—I'll be interested to get your take on this. So, if you have dependency issues, meaning caffeine, Copenhagen, uh, I don't know, pick out, pick pick one (laughs) really like that's that's one of my biggest, uh, issues is like, when I say dependency, I'm not addicted to heroin, but I really like Copenhagen and, uh, I like caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) And so when people ask about traveling, I'm like, I don't know. I usually pack like a day before. And they're like, you left for six weeks and you packed the day before. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't... You know, you got boots and clothing and shit and a charging core I mean, you know... i, Big I
1: roll I, of Copenhagen. Yeah. well,
0: that's the problem right there, right? So I'm assuming you don't have any of those bad habits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't. I don't think I have a very addictive personality. So fortunately... Yeah, I, I, and I don't know, I find when you throw yourself in a whole different context like this, it must not be the case with Copenhagen, but with, with your typical stuff, it's like I almost don't even notice it, you know. I drink like a half a pot of coffee a day now, but if I went up in the woods, honestly, I probably wouldn't notice the difference uh, if it wasn't there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a, not particularly addictive. I did, I do like a little bit of that every once in a while. The red man or whatever, <laughs> but I don't get, I'm not too hooked on it, but it was funny because on alone, you know, you get kind of bored and uh, you want something to fidget with and I started chewing on a bunch of willow, which is like bitter, kind of gives you the ugh, I want to spit that out, kind of scratched the itch for me. So if you're ever up in the woods and run out of Copenhagen, you just start chewing on a bunch of willow
0: bark. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely put coffee. can say it's a great report. I put coffee grounds on my lip before, so I... <laughs>
1: Hard times, hard times.
0: I know, right? But, but, it, uh, no, I was, but it's
1: a good, uh, yeah. I've, I've tried to consciously not uh, get hooked on anything. I will say it's kind of been a, something I've thought about before.
0: <laughs> um, I think that. that is something, though, for people to really consider when you when I say consider like if you you know if you're starting to do whether it be long distance long like you know whatever expeditions backpack hunting you're wanting to travel the world and mm-hmm. I don't even mean on foot but like if someone mm-hmm. called uh you know not tooting your horn or mine but if someone called you and I and said hey uh we need you to go live um I don't know, let's pick it at base camp at Everest I'd be like all right okay uh my number one thing my worry would be do you have Copenhagen? Oddly enough, right? Everybody has coffee. So, I mean, those are the things <laughs> um, you got to think about. It. It's like, oh, hell yeah, I'll go. You know, like that's one of the reasons I've got to do such cool sh- stuff as well as you is you can do anything at any time with no, really no stress. Pretty, pretty mellow.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's like being not dependent on anything. Is pretty pretty, uh, it's an advantage. So, Choose your, your yeah. dependencies wisely. Good <laughs> <advice>. <laughs> pick one. Pick
0: one.
1: Uh, I, I, no, I, I, uh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just say what. What else would you say for people that like? You know, it doesn't seem to, it seems to be a specific personality to live kind of in a a feather in the wind, whether you're moving from state to state or you're like, okay, I'm going to go work as a, oh, let's say a waiter in, uh, you know, pick a place in Banff Mm -hmm. just to go experience the the world. If you don't need a lot of, um, what do you want to say, materialistic stuff, you can do some pretty cool shit.
1: Oh man, you really can. I think it's actually that's such a it's an interesting question and a and a broad one. And I think it's really worth you know every stage of life has different you know things going on. And like at the moment, I've got the kids, so you get a little more attached to certain areas necessarily. But I very highly recommend you spend a good decade <laughs> or however no spend a good amount of time kind of able to just follow like you said like a feather in the wind a little bit and i but i think what was interesting to me uh to notice was one thing that was valuable was having like solid relationships so uh i would leave and head to russia for a year and spend a year there and come back and you know over time just realize that hey you know your family's still there your friends are still there you know (laughs) you're all still on the same page and so um really understanding that those people were there and those relationships were there made it so that i you know honestly a few months on alone was it didn't even remotely start to become something that i thought was oh what's my family doing or like are we you know (laughs) you know i didn't miss them in that way it didn't seem too acute and so i think just having solid relationships is one something you don't often think about especially if you're going off to do something by yourself uh or long period of time but it adds a bit of uh you know it, it is empowering in a way um i also thought now you know like it's interesting to uh, i guess that's related but don't have a bunch of random skeletons in your closet that was really a, a apparent uh anytime you spend a lot of time away from and you feel isolated so when i first went to Russia, and i was didn't know the language i was really isolating or you know to a lesser degree when i was on alone you you uh boy the little things little situations that are like untied have un- loose ends really nag at you and so before you go out on some expedition or some big trip if you can give yourself enough mental space to try to figure out like hey, what what do I need to wrap up or what conversations do I need to have? Uh, I think it also makes you a lot more resilient person when you're out there just because you don't have stuff nagging you in the back of your head. Uh, Those are, I guess, that's a couple things that I don't think people always think of. But, you know, I think being a strong individual is pretty well supplemented by having healthy relationships.
0: (laughs) Like let's, let's talk, let's talk okay. about that just a little bit more. Cause uh, I brought this up um, before. I think, I think Rogan's actually brought you and I up both at different times about this, right. like as far as living alone um, is uh-huh. the demons, right? Uh, if you got them, oh, right. they're coming out when, right. you're, when you're alone. And one of the yeah. things I tried to explain to my wife while we're watching alone is Really, it's not that, and I'm, I i haven't, again, I haven't been on a loan, so you can make fun of me if you want. On my end, for most people to make it more than a week... You can go without food for a couple weeks. That's not that big of a deal. Uh, I mean, you can. You can. I mean, you're any kidding. human can. Yeah. Well, I can. I you. Yeah. You, you're a good 10 days. I probably got 20 in me. Uh, but but it's it's the fact, when was the last time you were actually alone with no technology, with no contact with anyone? And I can say, you know, for me, I've had that many times. Obviously, so have you. So then it's the, okay. Yeah, Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I just say hunting's a great catalyst for that. But yeah, go ahead. Finish your question.
0: Well, then you go into okay the skill set. Well, if you can build a fire and a decent shelter, or whatever you're gonna lengthen that out. But after that, there's also your your demons and your fears, right? And. I, you might be able to explain this better than me but and I've talked about many times you weren't a good enough father you treated a girlfriend poorly you mm-hmm. cheated on your wife and on and on and on if, mm-hmm. if that shit's totally. not zipped up tight and fixed it, it's a it's a problem so yeah dive into that
1: yeah I think that that's so interesting so of course like you kind of mentioned to succeed and to be a particularly resilient person, I think you need both, you know, the mental and the physical skills, you know, you need to be able to procure food and you need to be able to stay warm, any kind of those basics. But, uh, but, but the thing people don't think about is the, is the mental aspect of it. And man, I, you know, hallelujah, for whatever reason, I don't have huge skeletons in my closet, but when I was out there, it was so bizarre to, to recognize, and this happened again both in Siberia and on alone, where you just you're alone for a long enough period of time that things that are tucked very deeply away in your psyche pop back up. And if it, if there's a lot of negative stuff you've pushed back and haven't resolved, but have kind of you know forgotten about, and you're distracted, there's a hundred percent chance that'll come up if you're if you're out there and alone for a long time. And if it's something that you should have done better or could have worked to iron out and resolve, it'll just sit there and nag at you. And I, my example was so stupid because I it, it hardly makes sense. But I was there's a guy in Russia, one of my good friends in Russia, his dad was just this older Russian guy and I always appreciated him. I was like, Man that guy's just awesome dude. <laughs> he was making his own wine and had his garden. I just thought he was a cool guy. Well, his uh for some reason when I was in Russia, I was like, Man, I never told out you know, Alexei that I appreciated him. I should have. And and just one random thought you have and then you'll be out there and you are just like, Man, why didn't I tell that guy I appreciated him? Man, I should have told him <laughs> and he goes, Man, why is this stupid thought nagging me? But Obviously, that's a, incredibly petty. But like you said, if you've been cheating on your wife, or if you had uh, just a lot of unresolved issues, whatever they be, it's it's gonna just tear you up while you're out there. And it's easy to, enough to ignore in the modern world because we're you know you just click on your phone and start scrolling, or you know you're distracted with work or whatever it be. But but when all those are torn away, and I recommend everybody. You, you don't even know what will pop up into your head. And, you know, it, of course, that was one example. But there were several um, things that would come into my head any time that I'm gone for a long period of time that that when you come out, you know, you better address. And so I recommend people do spend enough time on their own, free from distractions to where they know what it is that bubbles up out of their psyche so that they can you can address it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a good way to figure out. Some of that stuff. Yeah. make you you a better person.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say it's good all the way around, actually. It's not you know not just trying to you know, to make it, you know, by whatever, like, you know, remote area.
1: Yeah, you're not just trying to so you can be in the woods longer. It's like literally we're so distracted, we don't even you know, you sometimes don't the nice thing about the woods is it helps you figure out what steps you could take when you're back in around people to be a better person.
0: So when you, when you're, um, you know, and I don't, we don't need to beat this horse to death, but just going into a little bit more. So let's say you've, uh, you, you know, you've cleaned up your demons, if you got any, right. And you've, you've righted any wrongs or settled any, and it's weird. Like you brought up, you, you know, you should have said, was it Alexa?
1: Yeah. Alex, yeah. A, yeah, Alex, yeah. <laughs> Alex A.
0: So, you know, you, yeah. uh, even as simple as that, right. And, and you're at peace. Well, mm-hmm. the, so now you've got to have, uh, the, this, the woodsmanship, the field craft, whatever you want to call it, right. You got to have that in yeah. a certain yeah. fitness level, but then there's also just fear of going farther. So when I say that, meaning we're not talking about alone cause you're pretty much stuck in one, right. not that big spot. Um, But but hiking and backpacking, especially bushwhacking or going farther, Mm -hmm. some people just fear. And and I feel some people are just naturally gifted at this, but like, will Mm -hmm. I make it back? Will I run out of food? And when you ask certain people, hey, you know, um, where their skill set's at, they may think it's higher. I, I know I certainly did it one time, higher than it is. But how big of a deal is it to be stuck with, without food overnight or stuck without a shelter? It's really more of an inconvenience if you have mm. a, a good skill set and you're confident in what you're, you know, you're doing. And and I would I would say that's one of the things you do to when you help teach people, you're you're helping them become able to go farther, last longer, and live live a better life while they're in the field.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think like you know, just helping impart those skills to like help people feel like they can. I mean, I, I got to say, like, I started hunting later in life. My dad wasn't a hunter and I got into it in my early twenties, you know, living in Russia and then came back and got into archery and all that. But so I don't, a lot to learn, obviously still do. You're always learning. And uh, but one thing that covered over a lot of lack of knowledge was just my ability to be like, Every time I had have thought, oh, man, I don't want to go there because that's too far. I just felt no, you got to go there now. <laughs> you know, like, don't allow yourself to take that easy way out. And so in a lot of my success, honestly, has come from that. Just being willing and, and, like you said, able to go down in that valley that looked too far. But, you know, you put one foot in front of the other, it's that. When I'm in the woods, I think about that a lot, that there's that phrase, again, it's a Russian phrase, but it's like, which means your eyes are afraid, but your hands do. And I know you've probably been in a situation a lot where you're at the top of some ridge, look down there, you're like, oh, that's probably a good spot. Man, I don't want to go down there. But then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to start just one step after another. And pretty soon, you know, an hour later, you're already down there. And you could have sat up there for an hour and thought about whether or not you wanted to go that far. But then once you're down there, you figure it out. I think, and and those skills, having the skills to know, like you said, that you can get through the night. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> you can you can uh, you know catch some fish down there probably, or uh, you're not going to get lost. You know you know the basics of you've been paying enough attention to be able to navigate your way back out, or uh, you have the fitness to do so. All that is, uh, yeah, it, it really it makes your life a lot more rich and your your outdoor experience a lot more rich because you're not really there's not much to fear. You know you don't you don't want to fall. I'm always you know that's probably the most dangerous thing out there. But you're just sleeping out overnight. You can do that, no problem. So. Uh,
0: well, when you when you um like the sleeping overnight or you know traveling in farther, you know hiking in farther, um, like you said, it's one foot in front of the other. But when you know when a lot of it though, people have to actually go out and and do it, and and I would say some people are just maybe never going to, like, I'm never going to be a golfer. I might go. Right. right, right. But right, never really going to want to, can't wait to go, but other people go ahead.
1: Well, no. Yeah. And that's like, it's a, all on that. You're all being graded on a curve, you know, <laughs> with yourself. And so it's just like being able to push yourself farther than you thought you could, you know, and every time you do something that, that pushes your boundaries a little bit like, Oh, that was a little harder than I thought it would be, but I did it. Or that was, you're, you become that much better. And that, you, the next time, you know, the more you, you know, the more you become comfortable getting outside of your comfort zone, the more that honestly you're able to do that without getting thrown off. Like, uh, uh, and I, yeah, I think that's important. Like I've called, I don't know, you know, but I've, I've expressed it as being able to dwell on the edge of your aptitude, kind of getting comfortable with uh, pushing yourself a little bit beyond your comfort zone and, and then trusting your, yourself to rise to the occasion there. (laughs) If you do that enough, you'll realize, Hey man, I can, you know, um, I'm not just going to curl up in a ball and die here. (laughs) And each time you do that, you get a little better. And again, if you're only grading yourself on a curve against yourself, not against everybody else. So if you practice, you know, pushing yourself a little further and doing something a little more challenging than you've done before, every time you do that, you're going to learn and grow. And uh, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's... Hmm you know, that's a fun thing to help facilitate in other people, like help them push realize that they can push themselves a little farther than they thought they could and, uh, and equip them to do so as as well as possible. You know, of course with my courses, it's typically obviously in an outdoor setting, but those are lessons that apply everywhere. You know, I, I built a cabin this spring and it's like, man, I've never built a cabin, you know, like that. I wonder if I can do it. It's like, well, let's just do it. And, <laughs> and you'll figure it out. And sure enough.
0: Well, yeah. I, I think that's uh, you know, if somebody went through your course, let's say, and uh, you know, man or woman, and then you were like, mm-hmm. just go drop their ass off somewhere. And you put a track on them so they didn't die, but they don't know that. And you're like, <laughs> okay, good luck. The willingness to actually live is quite the motivator. Right. And so, When, (laughs) you know, once you've done that, I would say, you know, there's going to be a percentage of people are like, yeah, I I hate that fucker for leaving me, but man, now I know I can make it right. You know, and then there's other people. Yeah. So, you know, it's all you're in your, your mindset. And, you know, like I don't, you know, I think people living a life of with less, uh, I was pretty damn happy living in an apartment with very little earthly uh, goods, right? And so when I said I had one mm-hmm. pair of pants for possession. going in the outdoor yeah. <laughs> possession, uh, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe later in life you, you build on that, but, man, it's a lifestyle I strongly right. suggest to people that, that think they might, might like it because your freedom to do anything is – I mean – I mean, it's unlimited. And then if, if, if obviously that kind of lifestyle, it allows you to travel if you want to go live in the woods and you, you did that. Do you have any regrets? Yeah, I,
1: no, I don't. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot in society that kind of just pushes us into traditional routes. And I do think it's uh, super important. At least it was for me and no, no regrets to just, be willing to take the risks that come with <laughs> uh doing something that's not normal and honestly um it was helpful to me to have uh feel like what I was doing was meaningful and purposeful like, okay, I'm gonna go help build this orphanage that's that's you know something I find value in so that gave me a type of strength that allowed me you know I, honestly I wouldn't have stayed if I didn't in russia if i hadn't found that there was uh if i hadn't had a deeper purpose for it because uh, it sucked honestly you know like learning the language when you don't when you can't speak it and you just can't talk to anyone for a year until you finally figure out the language and you're always being misunderstood it was really hard um but because i had kind of tapped into a little bit deeper meaning and purpose I felt like uh that allowed me to go through that those hard times um and then you know as as my past evolved out there and I was then I was with the natives and it's like well part of that sucked too but also part of it was like man these people have become my friends and I want to uh you know also be a part of helping them flourish and <laughs> you kind of if you can if you can attach purpose to what you're doing too, it it makes it that much more. Uh, you're that much more able to push yourself beyond your limits that you thought you had. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's good. Well, but before we but uh,
1: yeah, the freedom you were talking about when you're young, I guess yeah. you or any time really, but everybody, yeah, I think it's I, I would highly recommend those you know as more common i think in europe and stuff but doing a gap year where you don't just run right into college and then right into your career you should spend some time just flying by the seat of your pants (laughs) and if you want to guide that by you know what i was talking about through purpose whatever that be um yeah then join some cool mission or or try to figure something out like i did and uh yeah i think I think you'll learn a lot about yourself and it might alter how you would otherwise go through life. Because once I will say for myself, once I tasted the freedom, even riding trains, but even more so living in the woods, like with the natives and stuff, it was hard to go back to the typical uh, patterns of life. But like you were saying, I also realized, man, I really don't need anything. I live in Russia. I see these guys, they work, you know, a full month, they're gone three weeks on these mining jobs or whatever they're doing. And then they get back and they make about, you know, 500 bucks a month, maybe at the most. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's like, but they, everything costs the same as it does here. Uh, they just have learned to live on less and they're more resourceful. And if I, you take that same mentality and bring it back to the States, it's like, boy, how I can make 500 bucks a lot easier here than they can there. And then I can, instead of just trying to make, infinitely more money, I can trade that for time and experience. And, and that's what I chose to do. You know, this kind of you know, value time more than, more than money given the fact that we live at the best time and the best place uh, in all of history for making, <laughs> you know, a living yeah. and not, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, If you, um, it's easy to get, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you go ahead.
1: Well, it's just easy to get stuck in the rat race and like try to keep up with the Joneses and all those cliches because, but if you can honestly learn to be content with, with less, but enriching for your life, (laughs) highly recommend it.
0: (laughs) So I was going to like add to that because I, you know, my, my end goal, um, yeah, I think somebody recently, you know, probably a, a hater said something about, uh, you know, how could someone, you know, like me use social media and whatever to, to build them mm-hmm. know, you know, to be known and everything else and then turn their back on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd made the comment of like, you know, everybody retires eventually and you do something different mm-hmm. and, 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 me is to go live off grid per se, you know, and when there's different f- versions of off grid, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to uh-huh. really go, go out as get away as far as I, I can in, in the long run. And but you know oh, really is
1: that kind of your goal in the long run?
0: Uh when I say off grid like I can't live without power cuz my wife will kill me but yes live right very far away from from everything and that that's just what you're ta- that's how I was raised right same as you and so when I what people are like what will you do every day and I'm like well if you truly live off grid that far you're going to be busy surviving, right? Living, like doing, and that's kind of what you are talking about without diet. We had, you know, no, without going into great detail right now, we have to get, go to Starbucks and get a coffee. We have to go, you know, pick it, right. Get their oil changed, go, you know, whatever. But if you actually have to go split firewood every day and then you have sheep or you have cattle or you have chickens, you have to, you have to take care. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of dogs. That, that is your job is to truly survive, not, you know, and and live, not not find the next place to go eat dinner. What restaurants you're going to eat at? And I'm doing a bad job of explaining that, but that's kind of how you've led yeah, a lot I've of your it's life.
1: Good. It's funny because you're we're so. We're, uh, humans have lived in a certain way for all of human existence until the last, you know, however few decades, <laughs> and uh, I think our psychology is pretty well designed for some of those more traditional paths or like you're talking about, you know, like I, you know, I don't, I really don't want to go and flip burgers. That <laughs> doesn't sound fun. I don't want to wake up at a certain time and go to town, you know, my job and come back and do that every day. But honestly, going and splitting up a bunch of firewood today and going, it was, it was, this, so when I lived with the evenki, it was the most clear example of that. It's, you wake up every day and you just have no schedule, but there are things that need to get done. And so you organize those as you want. And, you know, maybe you go look for the reindeer and lasso them up and bring them back. And then you go fishing and then you go run, wander around on a hunt. And all none of it's really re- regimented, but it's you're getting all the stuff you need to get done. And, you know, that lifestyle you're talking about that you're kind of longing for is, just more in line with that i i you know it was interesting and i i wonder if it's the case or not but so i lived in it was in siberia the climate sucks Uh, you know the people spoke a different native language in me so it wasn't it was a little more hard to communicate than i would want but i thought if it was my family you know my family and in you know granted maybe a little easier climate I wonder if not everybody would choose this way of life. You know, we've, we've had a lot of things that we've gained with modernity and, uh, and it's incredible. Like the fact that we're not going to die if we have a bad hunt or get a little bit sick. But the fact is nowadays we can almost have the best of both worlds. The problem is, is we forgot. Or we don't even know what we lost um, from the old ways. <laughs> and so, so, it was interesting to me to just feel like, wow, this this way of life is a lot more in line with our psychology. And I wonder, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but I wonder if not everybody would prefer it. You know, like the, uh, and it and it is it gets into some of those things that you're talking about. You know, when you have your animals and it's everything just a little more simple. Um, that said, I also think the the hard thing for you know the thing for me that's harder to replicate. Is that society that, I, you know, the group that I was with is several different families. You know, you're kind of a part of a small tribe. Whereas if I just go and live in the woods, I don't want to always be by myself. You know, I'm in the woods. <laughs> and so, yeah. so it's, it is an interesting balance there that, but it is, it is funny. We have lost some things in, in the, in modernity that I don't even think most of us are aware of until you. Experience it a little differently. No, and I, it's I, funny I, how little. Go ahead,
0: Jim. No, go ahead.
1: Well, it's just funny how little the draw, like the main draws of probably most of America, you know, that that most say cities and stuff have to offer. Like, oh, this is a great club or a great—I <laughs> don't even know. <laughs> you name it. It's funny how little appeal that is to me. Maybe that's just me, but. I don't know. Uh anyway.
0: Yeah, no, everybody's different a little tangent. bit everybody's a little bit different. It, well, a lot different because I'm cars. like you yep. in a lot of ways or or what you know, I don't give a shit about right. that, that stuff. But it, it is funny though, even like, you know, being my wife, right? We got a – we she she had built um you know, we, we built a custom home when we moved up to Wyoming. When I say custom, it, you know, it, it's it's not like a $2 million home. It's moderately priced. But she got yeah, to pick but, out the cabinets. And yep. anyway, she got a badass. Yeah, it wasn't a
1: cookie cutter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And she put, put a badass mm-hmm. wood stove in there. Now, me being raised off wood heat. Um you know, I—I mm-hmm. I mean, this is how lazy I've—you know—and this was comical for her too, because it was kind of reality call for me, because I—I don't want to go split firewood now, because I have too much other shit to do. So, she was like, "Yeah, yeah," but I mean, but she was like, "Oh, we should go do this and split firewood," and I'm like. Yeah, just pay somebody to go get us firewood, and in her mind, she's like, <laughs> "That is one of the funnest things for me. I love getting firewood when I'm backpacking. I love building fires. I'm running around snapping trees uh-huh. over, and I'm like, it's just a time thing, honey. Like it's it's a it's a time thing, yeah. and if if uh, it, it is weird or maybe hip, hip, hypocritical as that is." I mean, I it sounds dickish, but I'm like, Sh- I got a bunch of crap I need to do. I don't, I don't want to go split firewood. But I tell you what, if I lived like we're talking about you Know firewood actually is a good way to uh relieve some stress, right? I mean, it's good workout, it's it's
1: uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's CrossFit guys that go beat the shit out of tires with with malls and, and sledgehammers, and it's like, go, right. flip, go, split firewood. That's the same thing.
1: <laughs> Let's do something productive. No, it's, we all, I mean, it, yeah, we're all living in kind of a hybrid world now. You can kind of chew, pick, and choose. I, just, I think the the typical uh, inertia of our life though disconnects us from a lot of that kind of stuff and so it is good to to in some ways almost force yourself back into a little slower pace but that said we get to pick and choose a little bit i mean you can just go buy a load of firewood if that's not what you want to be doing it's like, or you know you've got better things to do there's nothing wrong with that well, but yeah, fortunately you're you're you have enough um freedom in your how your life's been set up that you can get out and you can do the things you love and, and do them a lot you know <laughs> and i think that makes up for a lot that's not typical not everybody has that experience so they have to kind of fight a little harder to to you know make it's not just the, you know they a lot of people end up you know you only have one week a year that you can set aside to go hunt or to go do some cool trip and and for those folks i hope i hope that they could help you know continue towards more of that because i think everybody needs a little bit more of that typically so but yeah no no pressure on getting your own firewood and you don't have to
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i i was laughing about it this was quite a while ago um When you, uh, you know, again, with I say how far you've fallen, but for me, I want to get back to that, right? Like I, I, and again, like Uh, I was when I said it was, I was making fun of myself. I probably had had a, you know, one to five drinks that night, and was like. Man, I'm turning into a piece of shit. She's like, what? And I'm like, I don't even want to go get my own firewood. I'm like, Jesus, that's all we did all summer long. And as a kid, was split firewood. Like, you know, we got to do, you know, 12 cords for all, you know, me and my grandma and grandpa, or, you know, my family, my uncle, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And how much you burn through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then, like with my wife, uh, you know, I love her to death the first time, like it's getting cold, right? I mean, and cold, like, you know, it's right. in the single digits. Oh, yeah. So, I just just load up the stove and dampen it down. She's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, uh, "Well, I want it to stay, you know, heat in the house." And in her mind, she's like, "Well, there's a thermostat over there." I'm like, "No, no, we got this for a reason, like to to save on the the heating bill. It's not, uh, you know, it's just to yeah. make love in front of like this." Produces a lot of heat, so you know. I mean, I obviously, figured it out pretty quick. But she's from you know Florida, then moved to Colorado, and I'm like, now, like I, I mean, a wood stove is, dude. There's, I mean, this, you know, there's something about it. It's just badass sitting in front of a wood stove in the middle of a storm
1: oh yeah it's so i mean we have one too that's what we predominantly heat our house with and it's uh it's cool it kind of creates a little center too for your house you know everybody wakes up in the morning the house is cold you go huddle by the fire <laughs> as it's builds, and then uh yeah it's like a point of emanation of heat which kind of uh focuses everyone in the house whereas when you have central heat you know you got the vents here and there and it you just don't appreciate it enough. There is something kind of special about it, but yeah, we got one going now, but I also need to, it's it's in the single digits here too. And I need to continue getting firewood. I didn't (laughs) (laughs) didn't quite get enough yet either. (laughs) Uh, I
0: I think with what, uh, you know, we're talking about obviously, and I, I really wanted to talk about your outfitting business. We'll get to that in a minute. But when people, especially any younger generation listening in, um, it's not to say that later in life you may not become a doctor or later in life you may mm-hmm. do some, I mean, start a grow, you know, open your own grocery store or, or whatever normal people do. It is not yeah. a horrible idea to travel the ro- world, travel the world with little means and, uh, and see, yeah. and see things.
1: I totally agree. And kind of an open ended, I like, it was so cool for me to be able to go to Russia and it's, I wasn't. I just had a visa for a year and, you know, I helped my friend there build what he was building. And then I could just go wherever the opportunities opened. And I had, I didn't even know the Evenki people existed when I went to Russia. It was just one thing to another. And I could say yes to people. You know, if you go to, uh, who knows, maybe you go to Hungary or something and you meet some guy on the train and he invites you up to his cabin, you know, and then you can say yes and have this cool experience and so just, I mean, you you'll be uncomfortable, and you'll learn a lot about yourself, and <laughs> and all that. But it's so valuable. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, and you'll you'll just so yeah. If you are trying to figure out what to do next, and you're a young person listening, I would totally recommend it. Just, yeah, you don't need a lot to do that, and you can go help out. You know, you don't have to be a mooch up people. You can go, hey, help them split firewood. <laughs> or do whatever they're doing. Well, the I, benefit. Yeah.
0: I agree. And I, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, lived my life kind of moving around, especially after my first, you know, marriage and, and not, not, I, I didn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. I'm not comparing myself. I did not go live in a train and, and, and live like a hobo, but I, with
1: well, different
0: path yeah. with low means. And you know, when I say that, I said, and have enough money, but I have talked about this many times with guys, maybe seeing how much I get to hunt now or, um, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, some of the cooler stuff, but no, out of um, it, let's say if you wanted to work as an outfitter or excuse me, as a guide, mm-hmm. you, you don't have any mm-hmm. strings attached, make phone calls. I mean, you, they'll work the shit out of you, but you're going to experience things mm-hmm. you will never get to see again. And that may yeah. run into, Hey, go work on a, go work on a, a fishing charter or uh, uh, you know, go, go crab and go out of whatever deadliest catch. There's when you're, so many
1: routes yeah. out there. It's like that's one thing with young people. It's hard to, and even when I was young, I didn't realize how many different paths are, you know, how much potential there is in front of you. It's, it's actually pretty awesome, and you don't have to be too stressed about, about it, you know, just <laughs> like because the more you do interesting things and the more you put yourself out there, uh, I think you, I think uh, as long as you keep your head on straight uh you'll end up you'll end up beco- becoming someone who adds value to whatever situation you're in you know what i mean like you traveled around you had a lot of you know you were just some poor dude <laughs> doing his thing but you had grown enough as a person that i don't know the guy's name but whoever kind of bestowed on you kafaru or whatever he saw in you the person you had become because of that you know those Per- you've been forged in fire a little bit and no matter what you do if you live a unique path i think there is value that you will add to your community that'll be recognized <laughs> so don't be afraid of that i know i was a little bit i was like i said earlier i was sitting out there in russia just thinking why am i not getting an education like what am
0: i going to do in the future
1: you know <laughs> yeah yeah no sh- but you know it works out if you
0: yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard work generally pays off. And I, I just one more time. I mean, I, I strongly suggest if you're wanting to see the world, especially too, once you're all broke down and you know, your knees are bad, your elbows hurt or I mean, pick it right <laughs> when you're, you're not gonna be able to do it. So while you're young, you know, like 18 to 25, you know, 18, even Perfect to 30 time. plus. Yeah. I mean, get out there and, and I didn't get my shit together till I was almost 40. And I have a cool life now, right. but like right. I, some of the coolest times I've had, and I, and I guarantee I would drive you crazy because we have the same mindset. I'd be over there beg, bugging you all the time. Let's go hang out. But like, Hey, jump mm. in the truck. Let's get, you know, we're going to haul ass. And we're going to hike into this lake. Never. There's no trail. We're going to go fishing. That doesn't take yeah. much money. And you know, people buy no. the highest in food. That's like, no, I brought Idaho and potatoes and ramen and some tuna. Let's go. And it's not that <laughs> expensive. You got to eat no matter where you're at. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome there's tons of options out there just do it don't be don't. i think yeah don't be afraid is the main thing
0: oh for so, sure yeah so yeah talk about the outfitting business i should have brought this up oh i did but i should have hounded you that oh,
1: no, fine that's i it, it's something that i you know we hadn't particularly been planning on doing getting our own uh but then like I said, I started to look for outfitters to work with, and this one, this one, you know, lady, lady owned the outfit, and she uh, let us know she was gonna sell. And I was like, "Holy smokes!" That's like some of my favorite land in the whole area, and it's not far from our house. Uh, almost can't say no. So I talked about it with my wife, and we went ahead and got it. And what's kind of cool is it really allows us to be. So the outfitting lands in Idaho. It allows us to be really flexible with what I do. So I can come up with any course that I want to teach or or do, and just do it. I don't have to run it by permissions of the, <laughs> the other outfitters and stuff. So I have a lot of freedom in in all of my uh, outdoors, you know, wilderness courses. But uh, we also, of course, have hunting capabilities now. So where we are is pretty close you know when i go up to my territory via one pass you go right by the kennels where they released the full first wolves into the wilderness so wolf reintroduction in idaho so it and they and they haven't left you know there's a, there's a lot of predators and stuff up there bolt bear mountain lion are both reduced in price just because they're dense population um so i i it, I can look at the land and then decide like, what, what's the best way to approach this and manage that 90,000 acres or whatever in uh, to where, in the long run, we're going to have the healthiest ecosystem we can. And so, like I said, now I'm going to be hitting some mountain lion, wolf, bear hunts. We're going to be doing those this spring, this winter. Uh, I'm going to probably do just a handful initially of, elk and deer hunts just try to keep them good and try to keep them uh you know the populations up there growing and it's it's cool to be able to manage your own you know kind of a territory like that of course it's public land but it's but it's pretty hard to access for most people so (laughs) it gives me it's it's been fun just brainstorming how to do it well how to you know with keeping in mind that little ecosystem um because because i have a lot of demand for the summer courses and other survival courses i don't have to hit the hunting as hard as possible i can hit it as much as i think is best so that's that's been pretty awesome that's pretty awesome and so hopefully we can just really create something that's that's pretty cool up there so we've you know we've just got it this year so we're just getting started uh a guy booked out a couple mountain lion hunts i've got a anyone wants to let me know i got a couple more spots for january and then we'll do spring bear and then head into the summer courses and then do a you know some elk mule deer hunts in the fall and yeah so do you i'm kind of excited about it it's awesome land So
0: how many, uh, how many hunts are you going to, you're a horrible salesman, by the way, how many hunts are you going to (laughs) offer? Yeah. How many, uh, how many elk hunts, uh, you know, like the bear, how can they get a hold of you like that? Is it overbait with dogs? Like what's going on with that?
1: Yeah. So we're going to do, so we can do all of it. And I, um, so this, we'll just go through January. I've got two mountain lion hunts open. We're going to do, you know, Run it's actually, yeah, you could call them predator hunts because we're going to be hunting wolves too. Uh, and we have dogs and we'll go chase them around. There's going to be a fly in, so we'll fly in and land back up there in the deep wilderness and uh, hunt those mountain lions. And come spring, using you know we can put we can bait bears in Idaho, so we'll probably have some bait stations. Sometimes I've found people like to uh, do a little bit more and stock on the bear fair chase type thing. So I will be able to facilitate any of those. And I'm probably going to run, you know, not a ton. I'll probably run eight bear hunts, something like that. Eight, 10 bear hunts. And then we'll go in the summer. I'm going to be busy doing summer courses. And in the fall, I'm just going to run a handful of elk hunts. So if you want, if somebody was interested, they could email me right now. I don't have the website set up for it. So. It, it's not like you can't just click book now. You have to just email me on via my website, and and it's going to be no problem finding, you know, you know, six or seven elk, hunts, elk hunters that want to go up there. The thing with this land, I will tell anyone, is that it is rugged, and so you got to be in pretty good shape to make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want a serious mountain experience uh, is a great spot for that.
0: So it's on the survival yeah. classes and stuff. How, how do they get a hold of you to, to book those, to learn from.
1: It's the same thing. The dude that I, I can't die. go on my website. It'll, it'll pop up that you can sign up for an email list. And I'm hoping by December, early December, I'm going to have my next year's schedule out. And so if you go sign up for my email list. I'll let you know. Of course you can also follow on Instagram and I'll let you know when the schedule's out. Uh, my guess is they'll book pretty fast. Um, so, so get on the list and, and be ready. It's uh, I've got a quite a few, you know, several different options. I'm actually going to try to run, I'm going to run some family courses this summer where people can bring up their kids. Cause I've got some pretty great places for that. We'll have llamas that pack in and camp on some lakes up there um then i'm going to run some of my more typical like just wilderness teaching skills courses that run 6 days and then some pretty hardcore like exploration courses where we do get into some of those places that nobody ever goes and uh those are kind of more you know you got to be fit able to run around on the mountains and willing to confront whatever situations arise as they arise they're pretty open-ended It's like okay we're going to get back to this lake and you'll be able to see me and learn all the skills i use to just exist in the back country like that so those are pretty neat those i call those are the, would be called the explorers expeditions then i have the wilderness courses which teach you all the stuff you need to know to live basically alone style <laughs> and then uh some family courses. So those are kind of the offerings I'm going to have this summer.
0: So which, uh, for for people that are, um, you know, wanting to see uh, Jordan in action, which by the way, this fucking Peckerwood, that season, I had shot a Wolverine with my recurve and was like, I think I'm one of the only ones, if not <laughs> The only one to do it, and you killed one with a hatchet, so you like totally one up me.
1: (laughs) So annoying.
0: (laughs) And you were also surviving, and I was, you know, had about nine thousand gears of uh, dollars of gear on my back, so it's not even close.
1: Hey, dude. Do you have your Wolverine skull, though, by the way?
0: I'm, I'm So my buddy went to have it, because uh, I don't ever really, like, I don't mount anything. I just do, like, euros or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. He actually got it out of my freezer. It's at a taxidermist, which I should probably find out where that thing's at. Um, uh,
1: interesting. That'll yeah. be
0: cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. They're they,
1: the only animal that lower jaw, if you get it, like, just euroed. Its lower jaw remains attached, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool. opens nah, and closes
0: that is that is crazy um which also explains one of the reasons once they latch on to i saw a very little wolverine pack off an entire caribou quarter no problem like they are strong what? little bastards awesome. <laughs> cool little animals yeah. what uh what year or what what season was it when you were on alone
1: it was 6 season 6
0: and uh, it was, uh uh, where were you at? Like, tell everybody a little bit about that.
1: We were in in Northwest Territories. It was uh, season six. When I had got on, no one had yet gotten big game on the show yet. Uh, And I'm a skinny dude. So I knew that I was going to have to really make it happen on the food front. So as soon as, you know, it was cool being where it was in kind of northern Canada, uh, similar to Siberia the one encouraging thing going there is like, man, I know there's a path forward up there. I've lived in environments like that. So um, whether it be fish or trapping or hunting, you know, and whether it be bear or moose or muskox or whatever it is, there's gotta be some path forward. So uh, Even though I was kind of thin and I just knew like, I didn't have to worry about everybody else. I just had to figure out how to be sustainable. And once I got up there, you know, everything's different than you expect, but after an, a week or so and get over the initial like grass is greener on the other side <laughs> type, <laughs> type thing uh but i really just was into the zone i just really felt like i was at home and uh and it went super well actually the, the show gives the impression that it was a little harder than it actually was but the uh that had a lot of food when it ended at half a moose and 60 pounds of fish and <laughs> rabbits and, and Wolverine and all kinds of stuff. So it went pretty well. Uh, I'm fully aware that it could have gone worse, you know, and I missed a, uh, a moose before I shot the one that I did shoot. So, you know, I could have missed the second one too. I'm no perfect archer, but, uh, you know, given the fact that it did go so well, man, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was a pretty pretty cool experience, um, but it's it's also good to know, like we were talking about a little bit before, that like I knew for sure that it did not have to be a starving contest. Like I I knew I had the mental aspect of it down. Like three months of anything wasn't going to be an issue, and I thought honestly that big show would probably go six months, and I was prepared for that. But uh, it, it was just, all my focus was on. Food procurement. I knew if I I knew, you know, as far as shelter, fire, all that stuff I'd be fine. And mentally I'd be fine. So I could focus all on what pieces of the puzzle would work together to keep me fed.
0: And uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately at work. in my uh you know, I've had lots of um friends ask me and I've had, you know, whatever, alone. They have their I think like little recruiters or whatever that, you know, um mm-hmm. message and I this is totally chicken shit of me. I'm like, if I know it won't be that cold, I will do it, right? Like no problem. Yeah, yeah. I will I'll join in. And <laughs> right, so right but the, the one thing that's different and I'll be totally candid with this on my end is like, I don't, I don't need the money. And when I say that, like you mm-hmm. always need mm-hmm. the money. I mean, the money doesn't ever hurt. Right. Right. But, but like on day like 62, am I going to be like, oh, man, I really miss Odin Magnus mm-hmm. and my wife, you know, the, my dog, you know, whatever the totally. T- and, uh, well,
1: there's a, then there's a trade off when you need the money. Like, uh, like, you know, I'd been working a construction job and definitely wasn't a man of a lot of means, And so I, that was a great motivator. That was the main reason I went on. Like, shoot, I can't. I have the skill set. I can't say no to an opportunity. You had a big chunk of money. But as things, if things don't go well, you know, things are tough. That trade-off between your health and money, you know, that's <laughs> a legitimate concern. And if you really do need the money, it. You know, you can, you'll, you might be willing to push your body a little farther than if you don't. So, yeah, that's a valid, <laughs> valid it, caveat.
0: Yeah. And I, 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 it, uh, and, you know, I'm saying this like, cause that, that question pops up. Um, a lot, surprisingly enough. Oh, right? I'm sure. And, 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 a, one you of them that pops it. up is.
1: I think I've asked you, why don't you go on alone? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried to talk you.
0: In there. <laughs> well, and I yeah, the biggest, I mean, it's horrible. I'm like, I'm going to have to quit chewing Copenhagen and I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. And if I quit kind of half assed and then head out there, that'll be an interesting first couple weeks. I'm not going to, not going to lie. That could be yeah. a, little, a little rough. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it'd it, it be footage. it'd be a good reset for me too. But people, that thing, you know, the, Hey, do you think you could last longer than, uh, you know, than Jordan? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking that bet. Uh, I'm good at what I do, but that motherfucker <laughs> is hard to kill. Like, I mean, dude, I could watch you <laughs> on the show and I'm like, I think he could live forever. Like he's got no, when I say that, I'm like, <laughs> he's got, cause my wife always asks me questions of what they're doing and what's going on and you know, the guy's like, Oh, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, if he wanted to win, blame me, he'll die before, you know, like, Oh, I drank some bad water or whatever. I'm like, (laughs) he doesn't want to be there. So I'm like, you were, you were doing, I think you were sticking like a pecker pole under the ice to the next ice hole. Uh, but you know, Uh basically, and, uh, and I was like, look, that one sucks horribly in that temperature too it does not work nearly as well as you would. Like it, it is a extreme pain in the ass. And I'm like, I like right there, my body doesn't handle the cold. I have like radons or whatever. I'm like, I can tell you right there, I could not do that. Uh-huh. Um, but then you go, oh, like, yeah. there's other areas, right. It's like, there's always a problem rain, right. When they're on like Prince of Wales or whatever, man, if you're not yeah, used yeah. to being soggy, that'll drive a lot of people insane. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's brutal. Or, you know, I mean, depending on where it is, like, and I haven't done this on alone, but, like, if you're in the – pretend you're in up north in the summer and it's all buggy. I always thought that'd be interesting if they just tried to stick you in the Alaskan north alone style <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> that'd be pretty hardcore, too. Cold aside, just trying to get reprieve from the constant bugs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a you – yeah, know, it's, it's interesting. It's a – Whatever, my apparently my life path prepared me uniquely for alone, which is random. But
0: <laughs> yeah, now, what's well, good? They came up with the, you know, the, again the show, and it, it would be interesting too. I'm sure at some point, like, you know, obviously people. You know, the earlier, like, you were the the first on, like, super cold weather, from my memory anyway, like, really cold weather. And then, obviously, first to kill a big game animal. But just like anything, as people watch, they're getting smarter from watching other people's mistakes and picking up, uh, you know, whatever. So, you know, at some point in time, who knows how long people will last. But I would imagine, like, when you're picking the, you know, when they pick who's going, you're not going to pick, like, eight pipe hitters, right? You're not going to pick eight Jordans. Uh, you might be there yeah, for a year. Sure. You know? I,
1: yeah, I think, you know, and I, I don't know how it, it, it'd be hard to predict who's going to do really well on that show, but I, I know that they're, they're not going solely for skills alone. You know, you also have to have personality and they, I tried to get my buddy on and, uh, you know, was, he's got all the skills necessary. But he didn't quite just fit the, what you know, whatever mold they were looking. And then it's funny when you watch the show and you're like, oh, that guy's way less skilled, but they put him on. I wonder why, you know. So they've got other factors that they're <laughs> putting into account. Um, and also the show itself, you know, they've gotten – I know in the early seasons they didn't even know where to go to find people that were good in the outdoors. Uh, they were, you know, just a New York-based – casting company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was a struggle. That's something they've been learning over the years anyway. I but it is interesting. I don't know what all factors in, but I know it's not just skill. You know, you also have to have the right personality or the right you know, they want to make TV too. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you got it. Yeah, there's got to be some flavor on there, but I will say it uh, and I talked to Clay Hayes a little bit about this. Like, some of the areas are more restricted uh-huh. than others, so you got to wonder if you mm-hmm. didn't follow uh the fish and game regulations in some of those areas, and you you know, mm-hmm. you, you could do really if you were truly surviving, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. life would be a lot easier because I mean, I've like no, some oh, of those areas. Sure. And <laughs>
1: If all bets were off, I think it would be, yeah, I mean, it'd be way easier. And of course, even when I was watching the early seasons, the whole season, the reason I signed up, because it's like, man, I can't believe those guys aren't hunting those bears, you know? Yeah. And come to find out, there were, I don't remember what they were, but there were regulations here and there. So you don't, you know, there's definitely some of that going on. and And those really affect the show because, so I was fortunate enough to be. In a location, I had regulations. So one of my, I, I thought I'd go up there. The Venki shot showed me this really cool bear deadfall trap. So I was excited to go up there and build this deadfall for a bear. <laughs> and then, uh, but then we were in the regulations. We couldn't do that. And so I was like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, plan A out the window. But uh, but there were still enough other pads forward. It What you know, the you could figure out fishing or trapping or hunting different animals you know there was there were several paths forward which is why the seasons that were filmed up in that region are the coolest because it, uh, it it gives it rewards activity so so because there's just opportunities out there whereas of course you can put it in a place or put enough regulations where it rewards you just sitting in your shelter and so <laughs> there's a lot to uh the location they do the show and how how interesting of a show it's going to be because of course you just stick everybody in the middle of a desert and it'd be pretty boring tv but if you put someone up where there are a bunch of different options like because even when i got a moose it wasn't for a minute that i thought i won i thought holy crap now it's going to be between me and whoever's figured out sustainable fishing or whoever else got a bear you know like I just thought that was going to limit it down to the top three or so, and we'd still have to push, push beyond. So that's what makes it kind of exciting. But yeah, I know on clay, you know, clay season was tough because they had so many regulations that you couldn't shoot a buck that had this many points or that, you know, it just kind of, it kind of, in my opinion, makes it a little less interesting because the, You want to have a location where activity is rewarded and hard work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, like, I obviously I'm not armchair quarterbacking, but I'm looking at it of like, you know, X, you know, A, B, and C places, I can live a long time, uh, you know, D, E, and F, meh, and uh, the one you had, yeah. I'm not making it, and I hate to say, like, oh, you got to pause my, <laughs> fuck that, I hate being that cold, it sucks, even when I can get in the truck when I'm done, so, yeah, and yeah, you, yeah, you, you crushed it, but, uh, but man, I've, I've had you on for a, for over an hour here, I should probably leave you alone. Is there any parting uh, shots you've got? Anything you want to say to the world?
1: No, uh, it's fun chatting. Like you said, I'm a bad salesman. We just got the outfitter, so I haven't, I haven't honed the website and all that yet. But you know, we're easing into it. So if you, if you want to come join us on a hunt, that uh, just either write, you can just write me on my Instagram, or you can write, you know, via the website jordanjonas.com, and we'll tailor something to you that's pretty cool so uh bad salesmanship aside there's some pretty cool opportunities
0: up there. <laughs> there you go yeah no i'm like trying to like squeeze it out of you it's like jesus dude oh that's funny well i mean and the thing that the one number one thing about like if you're hunting with a you know you're with a guide or a, you're going on an outfitted hunt a good guide and a, a funny guide and a dude that's calm, like, can can make or break the hunt. Again, again, you can have the best eyes in the world if you're a dick. It's hard to hunt with you, but you can have oh, yeah. moderate <laughs> eyes but have a good attitude. and You're like, man, I want to come back. So.
1: <laughs> no, it's, yeah, that's what we're going for. Just having an awesome experience in the woods. Whatever I do, whether it be survival courses, hunts, it's like, man, I just want to help create and foster <laughs> you know awesome experiences of the outdoors for people and yeah and learn stuff along the way maybe get an elf while you're at it or a wolf even more importantly yes yeah,
0: yeah exactly <laughs> what is that uh you know i've never killed a wolf but jesus christ i've found a lot of dead ones yeah that one <laughs> uh,
1: there was a lot of them up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, cool. Well, dude, I, I I appreciate everything and uh I mean truly you're one of the I mean, obviously unique, but one of the coolest people I've ever met and one of the one one person I really never want to go toe to, toe to toe with in a survival competition. I'm like, you know what? I'm just uh, going for second place and uh unless I can just fat you out, right? Be like, look, I can get way fatter than him. I got a chance. So <laughs>
1: you can smoke me like that for sure that uh no it's cool man and uh, likewise i have whenever anyone asks me like hey what you know like what outdoor companies do you like i think you're you and you know your company are the ones that come to head my head first so, Oh, i like kaparo aaron snyder's been awesome to work with and <laughs> and all that so feelings mutual i appreciate the invite back on man
0: Heck yeah. Well, I guess, I guess if I end up on uh, a loan, we'll see if I actually make it very long. And if it's cold, you're going to know immediately like, oh, that poor bastard, because uh, I don't think they tell you, so no, I'll just- fingers crossed.
1: Swallow one of those iPad trackers. I'll smuggle you some Copenhagen. You'll be out there all winter.
0: Yeah, yeah, no shit, right? So, cool. <laughs> oh lord. Well, right on, man. Hey, um, man. So, oh, yep. So, check out it's Hobo Jordo uh, on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, check out. You said season six alone. I've, I think I've watched it twice. So there you go. <laughs>
1: right on <laughs> cool man all right well we'll be in touch Yeah,
0: take it easy See